speaking to us uh, this morning. It's just nice to see how coordinated the Holy Spirit is. Uh, it's just good to see how organized the Holy Spirit is. And it's also good for us to hear the plan of God for our church, for our city, for our nation. And most importantly, the plan of God for you, that something is about to happen, something is about to break forth, that we are a pregnant church. Well, you see, you don't carry pregnancy for more than nine months. And I think we are just at the place of delivery. Uh, now that everything, we are over COVID, and this is the time for us to push forward, to press on, to press in, to press forward, and to press out. Press out, to mean, that means to, 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 to remove everything on our way so that we can press in, press forward, and press on. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the title of my message is, Did You Receive the Holy Spirit When You Believed? Um, it was uh, a question uh, that uh, when Paul was in Ephesus, uh, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. That's Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. There he found some disciples. He found people who believed in God. He found people who said they want to follow Jesus. He found people who are committed to Jesus. He found people who are faithful to Jesus. He found people who said, look, we have left all things to follow you. But I just thought that would have been sufficient. I thought that would have been enough for you to declare, for you to say and that you want to follow Jesus. And even to see the joy of Jesus all over your, your, your face. But Paul went further. He said, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Can you imagine that the Bible says these were disciples of Jesus? They believed they were following Jesus. And he asked them that question. He didn't take it for granted. Look, my brothers and sisters, I should be able to ask you, since you believed, have you received the Holy Spirit? It's a, that, that should be normal. Are you moving the power of the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit working inside you? These are disciples. These were not unbelievers. Did you if, you, if you are reading that Bible passage, they answered no. <laughs> Can you imagine? So we shouldn't take this question for granted. And you know they explained, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. These were disciples following Jesus. <laughs> I know sometimes in our generation worldwide, there are so many motivational speakings, and I'm not against motivational speaking. There are many things going on in the church, but are we quite particular, peculiar, intentional about asking have you received the Holy Spirit? It was not something they took for granted. It was not something they assumed. It was not some, just because somebody is serving in the church does not mean. Can you see this? They said, we have not even heard about the Holy Spirit. Talk less of us knowing what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. So, so that's just <laughs> my title. That's the topic. 
Well, I'm not going to be looking at that today uh, so much. Probably when I come the next time, uh, I don't know when that will be, um, I might look at the part two of it. I'm not going to. I just want to, to say that as believers, we shouldn't assume that we have received the Holy Spirit. Is the title where, is, that, is that clear? So every believer should be asked, have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, so let's go to the next uh, thing I want to say. I'll be saying things in the next 10 minutes in bits and pieces. You might not see it joining together. Don't worry. Relax. Towards the end, I'm going to tie everything together. Okay? So I want us to look at a parable that Jesus, Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. It's a long passage. I know some of us, we have uh, the Bible app on our phone, on our iPad. I also have an iPad here, actually, where I can check uh, my Bible. And some of us, we want to feel the page of the Bible. You know, you have to touch it. That's when you know you are reading the Bible. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> but some of us, we grew up feeling the, isn't it, Sharon? <laughs> you have to feel the, the page. <laughs> But some of you, you just have to look at your iPad, isn't it? That's good. So Matthew chapter 25. So I'm reading along. I might be saying some few things. I just want to say a couple of things on each of the parable. A parable, like Jesus will say it, is using an earthly illustration, what people are familiar with, to explain heavenly reality. Using what people know, what people can identify with in order to explain spiritual reality. Is that okay? So we're going to look at this parable, and I just want to bring a few things out of it. So let's, let, let me start reading from verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish one took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. That was the first shock I got. They assumed that you can just take your lamp without taking any oil. The wise one, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up. All the virgins trimmed their lamps. But you see, verse 8, the foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who already went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Two things I want to bring from that parable before 
I go to the next parable from verse 14. You see these ten virgins, they were supposed to meet someone, the bridegroom. Five of them took their lambs and oil. I don't know why. The Bible didn't say they forgot. The other five foolish virgins, they took their lambs, but not, they didn't go with the oil. So when the bridegroom was coming or was approaching or was there, they were asking their other five wise uh, friends, so to say, to give them oil. What is the point I want to raise? Excuse me. What you need to meet the bridegroom. What you need to meet Jesus cannot be borrowed. Anointing cannot be borrowed. Either from your friend, your wife, your children, your husband, you've got to sit down and take your own oil and take what it takes to meet Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to fellowship with Jesus, to be committed to Jesus. It's individual. It's when we now come with our lamps and oil that we can fellowship together as brothers and sisters. But you can't borrow it even from me. The best I can do is to encourage you, is to teach you, is to train you. But you have to take a personal responsibility to take your oil. Can you imagine there were 10 people inside the room? I thought if you have a torchlight, one torchlight should be able to serve all the other 10, isn't it? Or even two or three should be able to, to light the room for all the other 10 people. Mm -mm. So, if the, the thing I'm saying is, what it takes to walk with Jesus, what it takes to meet Jesus, what it takes to be committed to Jesus, you can't borrow it from your friend. I don't know whether you discovered this. I discovered something. Should I tell you what I discovered? And I don't know whether you have discovered it. I discovered that my son cannot use my certificate. <laughs> I don't know whether you've discovered that. The certificate, you know, you spent years. Dr. Yegade, you're a medical doctor. Spent years. You're a consultant. Can you imagine spending all those years and the world system would not allow my son to even just share a little bit out of it? No. No matter how good you are, and can you imagine you get to the interview stage? You get to the interview uh, panel. And they say, this is my daddy's certificate. <laughs> it has to be individual. Yeah. I remember when we wanted to do the first vaccination for our baby 21 years ago, my son. Can you imagine he's going to finish the university? <laughs> This year, that's my little boy. Amen. Imagine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I thought they would allow us to take the inoculation of the vaccine for him, for, for, for him because it's going to pain him and he's going to be crying. <laughs> they now said, No. We were crying. 
and they gave it to you. Can, do you know how painful your, your little boy, your little girl? But he has to take it. Excuse me, what you need to do, what it takes for you to meet Jesus, settle down. Don't assume. Settle down with your master and say, Jesus, what do I need? Like Paul who said, what do you want me to do? Yanni, come up here. He's, he's, he's my friend. You know, Yanni plays the guitar. Isn't it? He's been playing guitar for a long time. Yanni, I love the way you play the guitar. Can you just pray for me that I'll be able to play the guitar? Is it going to work? <laughs> Thank you. No matter how you pray, he prays for me to learn the guitar now. It's not possible. Lay none of arms for me to get what it takes to meet Jesus. Can start something, but I've got to sit down myself and start practicing. Okay, let's go to the second one. Oh, I need to be very fast. From verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Please, can you discover? There is no competition. There is no room for competition. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his way. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. Please underline that. To work and gain five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown or gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servants. So you knew that I have, I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and 
gnashing of teeth. Two things I want to say from that parable. So let's call the bag of gold talent. The bag of gold. The bags of gold. That one was given five. Five talents. One was given two. And one was given one. You know what I discovered? Every one of us, we have bags of gold. According to our ability, there is something that gold has given you, and it is gold. It is not silver or bronze. Did you notice that the master did not give any of them silver or bronze? The quantity was different, but according to each ability. But excuse me, every one of us, we've got bags or at least one bag of gold. Is that okay? Oh, this Jesus is so sweet that he gave us the best. Not even diamonds, gold. Now, the next thing I discovered is, do you notice that he didn't tell them what to do with the gold? That is where sometimes the issues are. Some of us, we have the gold, but you say, ah, master, you didn't tell me what to do with it. How did these people know what to do with their bags of gold? And the Bible says, I don't know what happened. They just put it to work. It means to me that Actually, what Jesus has given you, if you did not put it to work, it's not going to produce anything. But stop saying, I don't have any gold. No, it's not true. There is nobody who is in Christ that does not have bags or at least one bag of gold. The only thing that the master is expecting is that you put it to work. Is that okay? Yes, All right, okay. Let's, let's, let's continue. I'm, I'm getting there. Let's look at, so what do we do with the, so what, how can we know how to work with this bag of gold? Let me say this anointing. Let me say with these gifts. Let me say with this talent. Let me say with God's ability inside our lives. Let me say with God's power that is at work inside us. What do we do with it? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. NIV says... Chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14 says, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Did you see the word entrust? When we were reading it in Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says the master entrusted. It means what has been deposited inside you, what has been given to you, guard it with the help of who, please? The Holy Spirit who does what? Who lives in us. Ah. <laughs> this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. 
The bag of gold that you have, you will not know what to do with it if the Holy Spirit that is living in you, you do not consult with him. You do not connect with him. You do not speak with him. You do not relate with him. Another translation says, message says, so keep at work. Did you see that again in message? Keep at work. The faith and love rooted in Christ, exactly as I set out for you, it's as sound as the day you first had it from me. Guard this precious thing placed in your custody by the Holy Spirit who works in us. There is somebody who is actually inside us. He's just ready to walk, but he wants to walk in you. So the inspiration you need, the guidance you need, the teaching you need, the love you need, the comfort you need, the grace you need, that it is actually inside our lives. And it is that that gives us energy to be able to put it to work. Wow. Good News Translation says, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, keep the good things that have been entrusted to you. So who is the Holy Spirit? John chapter 14, verse 26. John 14, 26. John 14, 26 in NIV says, but the advocate, John 14, 26, but the advocate the Holy Spirit is our advocate. It's like when we, got, when we get to the court of this world system, we have somebody who is backing us. Excuse me, I want you to know, when you are going to work, when you are at home, there is somebody who is your advocate. The Bible now says that advocate is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. What will he do? He will teach you few things, spiritual things. Even in your field of chemistry. And we remind you of everything I have said to you. So it appears that with these bags of gold that I have, there is somebody who is saying, Kufu, it is better for you to invest some of these in properties. <laughs> it is better for you to go and take an accounting course. Kufo, as you are doing that, remember you have neighbors. The way you exercise it, the more of your giftings will come out. And my friend, Yanni, you see, I want to see more of your dexterity on, your, on the guitar. And you say, nah, yeah, you know that... Go to the, you know, when you're playing the guitar, you can see now that I don't know how to play guitar. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Amplified Bible, translation. The Amplified Bible, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the comforter, <laughs> the Bible now says, puts comforter in bracket, counselor. Wow, you don't know that you have a counselor inside your lives. There's a counselor inside our lives, inside my life. He wants to counsel you. 
but you don't, you know, connect with him. Speak with him. He says, helper. Some of us, we say, we are weak. You have an helper that is there. I don't know. Sometimes we are not making the Holy Spirit to actually walk to the maximum. Make, make, make him to work hard. Say, I need help now. Intercessor. Advocate. Strengthener. Stand by. Ah, that's why I, I, I like God. Since I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. You have somebody, even when you are at work, and your colleagues or your manager is shouting at you. You know, sometimes you just smile. <laughs> you know what the Bible says? It says, blessed that day when you are persecuted. Some of you, you are frowning. You are, you are, you are hot in your heart. When they are doing that to you, your manager or your colleagues, what, what did the Bible say you should do? Smile. <laughs> Rejoice. Why? There is a standby with you. And it's talking to you. And it says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. So, we have established two things. One, you cannot borrow bags of gold from another person. Isn't it? Secure your own gold. And the material you have is not made up of bronze or silver. We all have gold. Is that established? Okay. Now, it says that that gold that is given to you, you need to put it to work to make profit. There is something in your life that has been deposited in your life that can bring profit, that can affect people, that can bring healing, that can bring deliverance, that can bring wisdom into a situation. And the Bible says there is somebody, the Holy Spirit, that is at work inside you. So what is the next thing you need to do with that? First John chapter 3, verse 7. First John chapter 3, verse 7. Dear children, our little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he, Jesus Christ, is righteous. Please take note of that word. Whoever, excuse me, what's the meaning of whoever? Whoever, whoever is whoever. <laughs> whoever is whoever. Anybody. Whether you are a male, you are under whoever. Whether you are a female, you're under whoever. Whether you are a teenager, you're under whoever. Whether you are an elderly man or woman, you are under whoever. As long as it appears to me as if, as long as you have life, even if you are 99 years old, there is something that you can do. So, but see what he says. He says, practices righteousness. So I discovered that God has deposited good things, bags of gold inside our lives. If you don't put it into practice, it's not going to work. That is where the problem is. Some of us, we say we can't preach the gospel. Start with one person. 
And don't be afraid that they might even abuse you. But you know what you will do? There's something inside you that should tell you that at least you have said it, you have put it into practice. So sometimes when I even fail, when I pray for somebody to be healed and they don't get healed, you know the joy I have. I have put my righteousness into practice. I'm only training. When you want to start to read the word of God, excuse me, start with one verse. That is practicing righteousness. Don't think you will just be spiritual. I know, I know, you know. I, I will tell you why I know. There are prophets here. I know there are people who can heal the sick here effortlessly. I know we have teachers here. I, I know we have millionaires amongst us. I know we have politicians amongst us. But I know it doesn't happen by me just laying hands on you. It happens by constant practice. I was watching the documentary of Ronaldo. When he was little, he told his manager, I want, he didn't say, can you make me? I noticed his word. He said, I want to be the best player in the world. You know what he started doing? He went to the bush and started kicking leather. He said he would do it. In fact, if you go to YouTube, just type Ronaldo. Practice makes perfect. I watched the documentary of Usain Bolt. Can you imagine? I don't know what is. You just run for 90 seconds. And you are the, they just say you are the fastest person in the world. What kind of thing? 90, nine seconds. Uh, nine seconds. And somebody has been working all the days of his life. He never broke any record. You just did 90, nine seconds. Nine seconds. You know what he said? He said he practices all day. Sometimes he's vomiting. To the point of vomiting. So that everything inside him is just prepared for that race. So one, nine seconds of success. He has put in... 900 days of practice. Hallelujah. I remember when I was growing up. You know, some of you, you don't know I play the keyboard. Yeah, I'm sure you don't know. I do. Even my friend, who thinks he's the only one that knows how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I play the keyboard too. I've actually, you, in those days, you know, I, I would play the keyboard, Richard would Lead the worship. How many of you have seen me play the keyboard here? Yeah. Oh, yes. My sister, my elder sister, is visiting me from Nigeria. She's sitting there. You know, I'm, she can testify to this. I started practicing on how to play the keyboard 47 years ago. Not on this keyboard but on the tables in the house. Would, my sister is there, you can ask her. <laughs> I will just be... And sometimes you will see the... If you see the marking on our table in those days, it's me. <laughs> 47 years ago, before my dad bought me my first keyboard, 
brothers and sisters. Righteousness we are talking about. Don't just think prayer will make you righteous. Prayer is part of it. Laying of arms is, is a start to it. But you need to practice righteousness. Put it to work. See whether it will not yield something. There is nothing Jesus has given us, has deposited in our lives, that when you will put it into work or practice, it will produce result. And it's going to produce, we're going to get profit out of it. It's only when we sit down, like the other guy. We are not like the other guy, so no. I, I think we shouldn't talk about him, isn't it? No, no, I don't want us to talk about him. Brothers and sisters, there is work for us to do in Manchester. Brothers and sisters, there is work for us to do in this world. Brothers and sisters, you've got bags. In fact, I don't even want to say the master has given us one bag of gold. We've got bags of gold. The word of God came so powerfully. George was here, you know. I'm just saying, brothers, all we need to do, and don't start too big. Just start in a little way. If you feel that God has called you to pray, start praying. But even if it's just five minutes, say, I want to see whether this prayer will work. Prayer works, my friend. I think I need to finish. Probably I should reserve the last, uh, the last uh, point for the second part of my message. I want to now talk about I don't think it's good for me to talk about all these things without not mentioning how to receive the Holy Spirit. I think I should just end with that. The first way, ah, I will be very quick with this. Probably when I come and talk about, have you received the Holy Spirit? I might talk a bit more on it. John chapter 7, John chapter 7, 37 to 39, I'll be very brief with all these other points. On the last day and greatest day of the feast, of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who, who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. But this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Did you see that? Jesus actually said, every believer is supposed to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not an option. But what I discovered Jesus was saying is that to receive the Holy Spirit, it only comes by thirst. I discovered that thirst is an innate desire to drink. You know what I discovered? I don't know whether you have discovered this too. Nobody teaches a newborn baby from the first minute on how to test for breast milk. I don't know. It just happens. Thank you, doctor. It's a reflex reaction. It's a reflex desire that there is something that is lacking inside my life. And even if I have to cry and disturb my parents and shout and scream, I must get it by force. Is that not what babies do? 
And do you know that after they have drunk, you know, they've had the breast milk, they are filled. They now start playing. <laughs> they now start smiling and looking at the parents. <laughs> Even when you want them to drink more, you know what they'll do? <laughs> they'll be laughing. But before, five minutes ago, were they not screaming the whole house down? <laughs> that is how to, to receive the Holy Spirit. That if, if, if you don't have it, any other thing does not seem or look significant. Actually, everything in life looks significant when I get this one thing. That's in it. Desire, that's test. You are panting for it. That's one. Did you get that? What's the second one? Luke chapter 11. I'll be, I'll be very fast with this. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Oh. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So because of time, he was talking from verse 9, he was talking about, oh, let me just read it. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever who asks receives. The one who seeks, find, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I know many of us have quoted these scriptures, isn't it? Ask, and you shall be given. Knock, seek, and you will find. But we've not completed that scripture. Says verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What's the next way to ask for the Holy Spirit? Ask. Wow. Some of us think, is it that simple? Yes. Ask. I desire it. I want it. So what's the next uh, Acts chapter 8, verse... 17. I've just got two more after that. Acts chapter 8, verse 17. And then I'll go and sit down. Acts chapter 8. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Please don't, don't rubbish, don't, don't put away laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is also powerful. It's the start of something. You receive it, but the work is you that will do it. The practice is you that will do it. Okay? So the last two ones, Acts chapter 10, verse 43. Acts 10, 43. Hmm, a bit of teaching today. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Peter was preaching. Let me start from verse 44. While Peter was still preaching and speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who had the message. You've had the message today. It's also possible for you to receive the Holy Spirit. It appears to me as if God has given us everything. Is it by asking? Is it by laying on of hands? Is it just by receiving this message? It should trigger something in us to want to receive the Holy Spirit. And the last one, Ephesians 5.18, says, be filled with the Spirit. Even if you feel, you, you think, you feel, you know that the Holy Spirit is inside you, you can still ask for more. 